welcome to the very first episode of the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm so glad that you're here and I'm so excited to share this with you. This first episode has been a long time coming and I cannot wait for you to hear it. For my very first episode, I'm interviewing my friend Jess Philly, who I call a water expert. Jess studied engineering at the University of Illinois and she had a special focus in environmental sustainability. I'm not even going to try to repeat what her actual major was, but she'll share that with you in the show. She's made several trips overseas to help communities who are in need of access to clean water. We talk about the concerns with water on a global level and what it really looks like for these communities across the world to not be able to to not have any access to clean, safe water. A lot of us know that this is a problem, but we don't really understand what it looks like or how serious the effects are. Jess does a great job of painting this picture for us and even gives us ways that we can help. We also talk about water on a more local level, specifically with water conservation. Maybe I'm behind the times, but I did not know what a dire problem this was. Jess points out not only what some of the detrimental effects will be of our water supply decreasing, but also just how soon these effects are going to be felt. This blew my mind. It is scary, y'all. But I promise that you're not going to walk away from this conversation feeling depressed and hopeless about the world coming to an end. Jess is going to give us some awesome practical tips on how we can live in a more water-conscious way. Jess is a pretty amazing person, and she truly has a servant's heart. I loved hearing the stories about her overseas trips and, and her take on how we can make an impact on our world in such simple ways. Also loved getting to hear some of the things she's loving lately, especially her favorite coffee roasters. You are not going to want to miss that, trust me. My hope for this episode is that you learn about some of the important concerns facing water in our world and that you feel empowered and equipped to teach others about the same issues. Most importantly, my hope is that you feel prepared to live in a more water-conscious way because trust me, Jess is going to make it seem super easy. I know you're going to be such a huge fan of her, so without further ado, here is my conversation with my friend Jess. Hey Jess, thanks for coming on my podcast. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Um, so can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Yep, my name's Jess, like Mackenzie said. I graduated from the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, in May of 2017. I got my degree in civil and environmental engineering, um, but currently I'm working with a campus ministry called Crew at the University of Illinois. And you studied, okay, engineering, but mm-hmm. specifically with water, right? Something yeah, like yeah. So kind of the way at U of I, the civil engineering program works, is you choose a primary and a secondary. So my primary was environmental engineering. Okay. And my secondary was, this was a mouthful, but energy, water, environment, sustainability. So it's kind of oh. the cross of energy, water, and like food Ooh. and sustainability kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, specifically it was like water quality was my main, my main avenue. Okay. And so what made you pick that as your focus in school and do you have future plans with working with water? Kind of what, where your interests specifically with that? Yeah. I, you know, I don't have like a direct answer for why I initially got into water, but I just was so like fascinated from the beginning of just thinking about how water is the most essential element in the world for any population, any community, Mm -hmm. like our lives revolve around water. And I, so I think as I got more exposure to all the people in the world that, yeah, don't have access to clean and safe water, that just Mm -hmm. like grabbed my heart. And Mm -hmm. when I thought, wait, I actually love engineering and I could like use that in a way to really impact someone's quality of life. Yeah, that really just like, I think, I just am so passionate about about that kind of vision for using engineering. Future plans with it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm interning next year again with Crew at the University of Illinois, doing ministry with college students, but kind of my pipe dream would Mm -hmm. be to get involved with a water ministry. The idea of talking water and Jesus in the same sentence to me is just seems like the coolest thing ever. So that would be like my pipe dream. Okay. Um, But yeah, not sure. Yeah. Are you tired (laughs) of people asking you that? (laughs) (laughs) 
they're definitely those questions that have been coming in. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, okay, that's really cool. So with this, when we were talking before about what you're passionate about with water specifically, there were two different things sort of. So first was having access to clean water for mm-hmm. people around the world. And then the second part was water conservation. So we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the access to clean water first. I feel like with that, most people know that that's an issue. Like you hear, oh yeah, there are so many people around the world who don't have access to clean water, but that's all we could really say about it. And you actually, you've been on trips before overseas to kind of help with the this situation and see what it actually looks like. You just got back from Guatemala mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So can you talk about Maybe give us an actual picture of what that really looks like and help us to kind of understand what that means. Because for most of us, especially in the U.S. or in the Western world, we we can say that, but we don't know what it really looks like. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think people here, yeah, think about overseas water issues and mm-hmm. everyone plays that reel in their head of, you know, children in Africa. Yeah. and someone you know, walking with a basket on their yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... In America, that's just like the stereotype we see, but yeah, we don't actually know what that means. And so that's this is definitely something I'm really passionate about. But yeah, I've had two experiences overseas dealing with the water crisis that have been incredibly impactful to me. The first one being when I was a senior at U of I, I actually went to Uganda for one of my classes for like a week and a half, and we spent time in a refugee settlement. We were visiting all their water sources, whether it be surface water like rivers or whether Mm -hmm. it be a tap that thousands of people would use or Mm -hmm. whatever. So we were visiting schools, all sorts of areas. We'd collect their water sources and we'd do a bunch of lab tests on them. And like ultimately through that class, we were making different recommendations, design Mm -hmm. recommendations throughout the semester. But yeah, so that was incredibly, opened my eyes up, very impactful. And I think what struck me the most about the water crisis overseas is, especially in Uganda, just imagining life where every day you wake up, you have to decide, okay, I have this limited amount of water. I have this many people in my family. Mm. I need to drink water. I need to cook with water. I need to bathe. I need to wash things. And you have to decide every day how you're going to ration that water out. And uh, you can't, you know, you can't hit Mm -hmm. every area. There's not enough water. So when I would talk with mothers and their children, either, you know, they're sick all the time or they have lost children due to waterborne illnesses. And it's because they literally, they know this water is going to get them sick, but they have no other option. Right. So that is like such a reality over there in these you know, impoverished areas. I mean, it was a refugee settlement. So they really, they they really have no other options. They really had no other options. And specifically in Africa and and specifically in Uganda, um, when I went, they were experiencing the worst drought in their history. So they had like, because of the drought had missed their last three harvest seasons. So now it's, that's where it's, you know, you start seeing food and water and energy and all of those start playing a role. Mm -hmm. So now it's like they don't even have water to be able to grow crops to provide for their family. So they're eating literally dirt, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like the issue, water is the root of so many more issues that they're experiencing over there. Yeah, that just was unreal. That was unreal to me. Yeah. And, like, even so, the bigger issue with their drought was that before you even talk water quality, you got to talk water scarcity. So if you don't have water Mm. to treat, you know, what are you talking about then? Yeah. And it was interesting, even in doing interviews with them, how water quality seemed didn't even feel like a priority to them because they were like we don't even have water Mm -hmm. you know so yeah one thing of what that looks like for them in a practical way another practical way it was nuts the way women and children the way their lives revolved around collecting water if there was a tap that hundreds thousands of people Mm -hmm. in the community would use they will open it up at specific times. Mm-hmm. And so say it opens up at 6 a.m. Okay, well, it's first come, first served of 
you get your jerry can in line and that's how you know like your spot in line to go to the tap Mm -hmm. and so they would have to get there at like 4 a.m just to get in line most people have to walk somewhere between one and a half to four miles just to get to the tap so it's like they're leaving now at like 3 a.m just to get water for their family and they have to do that multiple multiple times a week if not like multiple times a day Mm -hmm. so you just you get such an eye of oh my goodness this is like this is real you know what I'm saying like yeah so that just blew me away in Uganda right I honestly had never even thought about what it would be like in refugee camps, which, and for anybody who doesn't know about that side of things, there are some of the poorest countries in the world, like Uganda, Kenya, Mm -hmm. Ethiopia, Somalia, they have way more refugees than we could even imagine. So not Mm -hmm. only are they poor and struggling to help their own people, but then they also have all these refugees pouring in, right? And so then they have to take care of those people too. Mm -hmm. And we just don't even know what that would be like. So I hadn't even thought about what it would be like for refugees. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And the picture you gave of, you know, if you have five kids and you have to plan out how you're going to use your water that's convicting to me. Like, I was feeling conviction in myself of, you know when you're living with your parents and you are, like, fighting over who gets the hot water? Like, oh, my gosh, you used all the hot water today. Can you even imagine what that would be? Like, I just, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah, yeah, no, that, and that, that was, like, good for my heart of, like, hearing that, you know, mother after mother, you know, when we'd interview them, telling it that is a reality. Right. And, like, another crazy thing, too, over there. So, firewood is pretty much non-existent over there. They've used all the... That's, like, one of their, their main energy sources. They're using all their firewood. So, they don't even have firewood to boil the water to clean it. They can't afford mm-hmm. chlorine tablets. So, it's, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, there are just so many, so many elements that are, if they just had water, you know what I'm saying? Right. Where their quality of living is just, yeah, so stressed and it yeah. all comes back to water. Yeah. And the firewood thing too, that's another interesting thing that I learned about. Have you heard of the Adventure Project? I recently heard about that. Okay. Yeah. So I found them because they make this charcoal soap and, you know, charcoal yeah. beauty products are the new thing lately. Yeah. yeah. And they're hip. They're yes, hip. <laughs> they are. And so they were they, around Christmas, they sell charcoal bars of soap Yeah. and it's for washing your face or whatever. And I think they're $20. And when you buy one, it helps to provide a safer way to cook for women Mm. in other countries, Mm. Africa and whatnot. And the reason why is because cooking over open fire Mm. is really, really bad for Mm -hmm. your health, your lungs especially. Like, they say that's one of the main killers there, and it puts off more toxic fumes than cars in America. Oh, totally. And and so even even if they did have that, it's like, that's not even good for you to (laughs) do. So that's just, that's crazy. Yeah. Can you talk about, this is going to sound like a really basic question, but... (laughs) Can you talk about why having clean water is important? And I know that sounds kind of dumb. Like, we all know, okay, yeah, duh, you need clean water. But mm-hmm. it, you've actually seen it firsthand what it looks like when you don't have clean water. Mm-hmm. So can you maybe tell us a story or just give us some examples of what, because we're talking about the quality of life, what does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a huge question. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it's a, a complicated answer either. Right. Yeah, why Why is water important? Yeah. And I think I, I a little bit, in the way I would answer that, started to go into it a couple minutes ago. I think the first obvious answer in ways I saw that is there was not a family, in the 10 days we were there, there was not a family we went to where they either have not lost a child due to waterborne mm-hmm. illnesses or they would their kids would be sick all the time so then they couldn't go to school you know or they because they were sick they they just had to stay in bed or Mm. you know things like that so I think health reasons first not having clean water like if you can just imagine every time drinking water knowing I'm drinking this and it's gonna get me sick Mm -hmm. you know that's the reality but, um, but what are you going to do, not right. drink water, not exactly. drink anything? Yeah. Exactly, not, you know, yeah, cook your food, not exactly. Yeah. So I think that is a first one of, like, I mean, we, you know, we complain when we have a fever. That's, like, every week for them, and they, they know what's giving, what's causing this. So I think that's a huge one, health reasons. Yeah, water is essential because we need to eat food, 
and how does our food grow? And crops, we need water to grow those. So, I mean, we got two huge reasons right off the bat of health and food. Mm -hmm. So that's super important. There's also, there's things we don't even think about of how much we use water on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. All of your products, like virtual water is this kind of like new hip term. All of the products you use needed water to produce them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like literally your whole life is revolves around water. Mm -hmm. So energy, Mm -hmm. energy requires water. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. everything needs water. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay. I was not sure if I should ask that question because I was like, maybe this is dumb. Maybe people are like, we know why water is important. But you just blew my mind. I'm so glad that I asked that because (laughs) as you're talking, I was thinking, Okay, if kids can't go to school, or if parents are dying because they're sick from water, or if you can't even grow crops to Mm -hmm. eat or make money off of farming, this is continuing the cycle of poverty, which is, like, the biggest thing. Like, so it's really a matter of, yeah, dealing with poverty and how access to clean water, if they had it, we might see poverty. Yeah. Oh. Not come to an end, probably, but, you know, at least... They're 100% connected. Yeah. yeah. And even so, like, when we were in Uganda, we would visit schools to do, like, educational demonstrations. So that's a huge part is, like, okay, we... Yeah, they... I remember on the back of their t-shirts at the high school we went to, it was, like, education is power. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, if we can't... If the kids can't go to school, how yeah. are we supposed to educate them on proper health and sanitation practices with water and you know so it's like everything does start with education even so when the kids can't go to school because they're sick all the time it's yeah yeah so oh my gosh wow that's crazy um okay how about this so as you're talking and people are listening they might be feeling like wow that's so sad but that's in Africa and Mm -hmm. I'm in America you know and so not all of us have the resources to go there and mm-hmm. help or even the knowledge that you have to go there and do something. And we've talked about how even just a short mission trip isn't always the best solution. Mm-hmm. That's not very sustainable, right? So if we're not like you and we're not water engineers, <laughs> that's what I always call you. I know that's not the proper term. You're a water yeah, engineer we'll, to me. We'll roll with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if we're not a water engineer and we aren't going to work for an organization that helps provide clean water or even if we're like, okay, what do we do? Just donate to them, mm-hmm. to the organizations. Can you talk about why we should care and what, when it doesn't really affect us in any way, mm-hmm. or so we think? Why we should care and then what we can actually do. Totally, totally. So I think we can't say there's a global water crisis and not care about that. As a globe, we need to care about that. Whether you are living in Africa or a place that is experiencing severe water stress or not. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it can get confusing, like, okay, so, you know, I don't live there, how how can I help, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I don't study, you know, water engineering, like you said, (laughs) how can I help, right? Right. Yeah, I, I do think one way to help is financial stewardship. And I know Uh that's not the answer people wanna hear, but for me, I have found peace in that of there are some companies and ministries that are doing, approaching the water crisis really well. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that feels like a, a cool way that I can care about the global water crisis and support mm-hmm. these people that are doing it sustainably and effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, yeah, I know that's not what everyone wants to hear, but that right. is one one real way to help. But yeah, I think why why should we care kind of like I was just saying as soon as you I don't think you just need to go to Uganda or Guatemala to see it to care like that when you see the families and the children oh that does something in your heart like no other but yeah I don't know I think honestly for me of what why you should care about what's happening outside of even where you live is not being ignorant to what's going on in the world. Like, not yeah. not turning an eye to what's actually, like, the reality people are living in. Mm-hmm. And I think as, as soon as you place yourself in their shoes of what that would be like, right. that just, like, does something to me. It's hard for me to turn away from that. Yeah. So, and yeah, and I think as, you know, I think later in the podcast, we can talk more about how, you know, we should also care because 
what's going on in these other countries is not short from what could be a reality where mm. you are right now, too. Right. Climate change is real. Yeah. And I, mean, I think we'll talk about that more, of how yeah. that's affected some of these other countries, but it's also happening in the U.S. right, right. now, too. Right. So I think you'll see, even as you think about that, you will gain more empathy for, you know, or even just have more concern for what's what's happening overseas. Yeah. I would add to, I think even if maybe you're feeling like, okay, I do care about this cause, but I don't, I can't donate right now. Right. Maybe you're feeling that way. Totally. I think that even just learning about it is such a powerful yes. thing. Like we were just saying, education is empowering, right? Mm-hmm. And you never know if you learn about this and start kind of spreading the news. Totally. I feel like you never know what kind of effect that could have. Like you could tell somebody who tells somebody who tells somebody who has a million dollars to donate right. and then they do it. Totally. You know, like you just never know. So I think even just having the conversations and creating awareness is going to have an impact that we can't even realize. Yeah, I think that's huge too. And I love that you said that because... That was, I mean, granted, I got a good dose of it studying it. Right. But, I mean, I just get lit up reading about articles and, like, Mm -hmm. the reality of things. And the truth is, is, yeah, there isn't awareness. There really isn't. Yeah, that's, like, one of the biggest things I would say is learn about, one, your own water footprint, two, of just what's going on, the realities of other people. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said about spreading the awareness. Hey, you may not be, you know, an engineer. You may Mm -hmm. be a fashion designer. Okay. Then because maybe you you took time to learn about the water crisis, Mm -hmm. that pairs with designing clothes in a way that's water friendly or maybe it you know like water like we were saying Mm -hmm. water literally influences every single thing it's like the most essential vital element right so anything you do and spending your life on this earth will be influenced by water and you can live it water consciously so yeah totally do you have any recommendations for some of your favorite organizations or just resources for learning even? Or if yeah. someone is wanting to donate, which organizations you would recommend? Yeah, so I can totally share with you some some links that yeah, I think would be a really great place to start. Yeah. But one that has been really helpful for me in learning, like gaining more awareness mm-hmm. is, so if you like Google water, calculate my water footprint, there's this website and it teaches you all about water usage um, and like ways that you can conserve water. And I may be jumping the gun a little here, but yeah, I just learned so much about how much of my life is influenced by water in ways I didn't even realize there was a connection. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. But yeah, there's definitely other resources like that you, so I can't remember the website name, but it's like there's a thing called sustainable development goals and it's created by the UN United Nations. Okay. And Right. So they like kind of their thing is they have 20 or so goals. Right. And one uh, goal number six is sanitation and clean water. And so they kind of make all these targets and they say like, okay, by 2030, you know, we want to see the the globe, the world approach these things. And this is how Mm -hmm. we're going to know that we're like moving towards. And this is like implemented by the United Nations. So you Mm -hmm. can learn a ton about the water crisis and what the world is doing actively right now to try and like approach those. So that's a super cool website. And you can learn, I mean, you, they've got stuff on poverty and like all these, these issues that you're wanting to discuss. So that's a really good one. But yeah, my, my favorite water organization, I mean, I could, I could talk about like a whole podcast about this <laughs> this organization because I just like I really I really respect their model and what okay. they're about. Um, so they're called Water Four. Um, number four. Yeah, the okay. number four. And essentially, what they're about is they don't want to be they don't want to be the solution. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a global crisis, but they think it's a local solution. So they're mm-hmm. not about charity they're about creating opportunity okay um so they so essentially what they do is yeah they so they're right now they're only in africa but they will go into these communities and they'll find local leaders in the communities who are excited about like entrepreneurship and Mm. like seeing their communities reach with Mm. access to clean water yeah and so they do training and they've developed this method of drilling wells in africa that is very cost conscious uses very minimal materials things like that so they go Mm. over they train 
local people on, on like entrepreneurship, financial business skills, how to like, yeah, drill these wells with this method. And so that's makes us not the solution. We're not coming over here and saying, Hey, here are these filters and then leaving. And then, you know, down the road they break. And then you just have a bunch of broken wells in the ground. You know, they're saying like, Hey, we're trained. We're just training you and like, yeah, giving you, equipping you Mm -hmm. with more skills. So not only does that empower locals that give, you know, that fills them with dignity, they can provide for their families now and, you know, things like that. But while they're there, um, they come alongside and they also teach them different discipleship and evangelism skills so that they're really about this holistic care, holistic transformation of like, we want to meet your physical needs with your spiritual needs as well. And we want you to run, you know, and it's not like, we, this is how we want you to live, but it's like, right. you know, we want to come alongside you, but ultimately we don't want to be the solution, right. you know? So I just, yeah, in an engineering perspective, that has been a huge issue mm-hmm. with how do we, yeah, how do we approach the water, global water crisis without us just coming and saying like, hey, the, here's this design, you know, and yeah, hopefully it works, but we're going to, we're going to leave and like, you know, right. so... Um, That's true of a lot of different causes, I feel like, yeah. where to end poverty, you just give charity. Totally. You just give donations. Totally. But that's not sustainable either. So I feel like that's a really, that is a really good model. Right, That's right. very sustainable. Yeah, yeah. So it's really taking an angle at, like, social factors um, of, yeah, if we want to have a sustainable approach, it can't be about us. And the way that, so people will do, like, fundraisers for Water for you can donate, and the way that money is distributed is with any business, there's capital costs, right? There's higher mm-hmm. capital costs for equipment, for the drilling and things like that. So that goes towards more of like your, your donations and fundraisers go towards more of the capital costs for them. But okay. what's really cool is there, this isn't like they like I said, it's not charity. Mm-hmm. So the people, the local people have to, they take out like micro loans towards water for so that hmm. they essentially will have to pay water for for the training so but that's what i think is really cool about it like yeah because that provides them with this dignity of hey i'm not just accepting like charity i'm you know i'm uh having the means to yeah pay for this and whatnot so, yeah you're learning a trade rather than totally yeah. totally so that's awesome i'm all about water for that's cool. Okay, good to know. I like it. We'll put a link to their website too. Yeah. Okay, so let's transition into talking about water conservation. It's obviously related, mm-hmm. but sort of different, I mm-hmm. guess. And I think this topic might feel more at home for people mm-hmm. because we hear that, oh, you should save water. You know, don't leave the water running while you're brushing your teeth, that kind yeah. of thing. Can you talk about why, first of all, why water conservation matters and what's happening, like the global water crisis or in places like Cape Town where we hear about this severe water crisis. Mm-hmm. What's actually going on and how did that start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, water conservation will definitely, is like you said, it definitely does reach, reach home more so. Yeah, so here's the problem at a very root level. Mm-hmm. Population in the world is increasing. Mm -hmm. Demand on water is increasing. Mm -hmm. Quantity of water is not increasing. Okay. Right? So that's just like, (laughs) that is just like, that is a fact. Uh Um, We are using water faster than water can in aquifers can replenish itself. Okay. So that's why our quantity is decreasing. Okay. And our access to fresh water, there's like less than 1% of all the water on the earth is actually accessible for us. Yeah, that right there is the dire need of water conservation needing to start now um, for each of us on a local, state, federal level. Yeah, so you mentioned Cape Town. Um, This isn't just Cape Town, but I think it's a very relevant topic to talk about that we can apply that to, to here, to anywhere, really. A huge problem with water conservation 
right now is mismanagement of resources or like in, in Cape Town, a huge problem was they didn't diversify their water sources. So they essentially were like, hey, no, we're just gonna take from this like one water source and eventually with the addition of the effects of climate change and the drought and in that dry cli- you know climate it just it dried up their water sources they were only taking from one source essentially and we're doing that in the US right now we in the in the west we've been drying up the Colorado River basin mm-hmm. like nine or so states pull out of that source and oh. it's like wow. you know so yeah. it's like the southwest is when i think of cape town i think Okay, these are warnings that, especially for the Southwest where it's a similar climate, like we need to start, we need to start listening there. So I think the only other thing I would add that can sometimes be an interesting topic for people Mm -hmm. is that main issues that we see for, for water shortages in the U.S., but really, you know, globally, um, yeah, so like I said, the population and demand's increasing. We're, mm-hmm. we're using it faster than it can replenish. That's huge. The second thing in, is climate change is, is, is real. And mm-hmm. while we can predict the effects, it essentially is a beast of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge thing of what happened in Cape Town is mm-hmm. that they had people saying like, hey, you need to like factor this in, but they didn't... They didn't yeah, they they didn't accommodate for rainfall changes or drought. And mm. our changes in weather patterns going from extremes of drought to flooding, that's an effect of climate change. Right. So that is going to happen in the U.S. It is happening. It's happening right. everywhere. We can't right. control that. That is a huge, a direct link to water shortages. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that in places like California and Nevada and Arizona and, right. and whatnot. That's is all really good and gives me a better understanding and hopefully listeners a better understanding of what the water crisis actually looks like because I feel like it's another thing where we hear oh make sure you save water Mm -hmm. and oh there's a drought in California but we don't really know what that means can you talk about how similar question to what I asked before this problem might feel like it's far removed even Mm -hmm. though we hear of it happening in the U.S. We don't really experience any immediate effects unless maybe we are living in a place that has a drought. Other than that, though, like I've never turned on the faucet and not had water. You know, that's never happened to me. So can you talk about how this affects us? Also, if there's anybody that's listening and maybe thinking... I don't, I don't really care about this. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it affects me. What, what would you say to those people? Oh, yeah. This is a, this is a question I get excited about. <laughs> <laughs> because... Since I studied this, I, I just got so much awareness to like, oh, this is our issue too. Mm-hmm. In ways that, I, yeah, I didn't know, I didn't even think about before, you know, learning about it in class. We are going to see this like mm-hmm. really coming into play in the U.S. So something's very, something unique to the U.S. is our infrastructure, our water infrastructure is old, okay? So it's Mm -hmm. around 60, 70 years old. That's like a huge thing right now that they're needing repairs. So I was reading this this study even before before coming here, and it was a study done in 2017 by Michigan State University. And they are making the claim that in the next five years, our water bills will increase by 41% to Ooh. offset the cost of needing to repair our infrastructure and to accommodate oh, the effects wow. of climate change. So that wow. that's a lot. Yeah, that's they, a lot of money. <laughs> they further they took that even further saying that by 2020 and I'll I'll, sh- I'll give you the link to this report but okay. by 2020 a third of Americans aren't going to be able to afford mm. water anymore. And there's no laws that ensures that people living in poverty right. will have access to water in the right. US. So it's like that is very real. Yeah. That is ha- like, you know what I'm saying? That is right. something we will see that we will feel it in our wallets. So one, if we talk about water conservation, you know, that's going to financially hit you. Right. Even if you don't care. Even but- <laughs> if you don't care, you're going to have to pay for yeah. it. If you don't change, you know, your, yeah. your, how you, you, how you consume water. So that's a huge thing financially. Like we're going to, we're going to all see it. 
Another thing is diets, the food we eat. Mm -hmm. Um, So California is an agricultural powerhouse, okay? Right. 80% of their water goes towards agriculture. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, so they are starting to have to, because of the drought conditions they've experienced, they're starting to have to look at, okay, it's not financially feasible to grow these same water-intensive crops. So it takes like a gallon of water to produce like one almond (laughs) one almond oh my god you know what i'm saying so it's like water (laughs) yeah so like our diets are also going to see a change Mm, um because we just don't have enough water to be growing these intensive crops so we'll see that you'll see it in the grocery store certain crops certain fruits you know things are going to the prices are going to go up right so then ultimately you're not going to have as much money to buy those things so the, the food, healthy food the yeah food so the for food you. you're going to be eating is going to change yeah um so that's that was a huge thing i didn't think about which that's already an issue that it's it costs more to eat healthy mm-hmm. and that's already a huge problem especially for people living in poverty yeah. in the u.s yep and so to think that it's going to get even worse Mm -hmm. and not just a little bit but a lot worse yeah that report from michigan is true right so that's really scary yeah 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 so i think even in terms of okay so what do you you know what do you do with that information and i i could list off like tons of more ways that we will see it those are two big ones that i think come to mind and everyone cares about money so like that's if if anything i think that That will get people's attention (laughs) um so it's like yeah what do you actually what do you do with that information yeah this has been something i've been like really interested for myself personally of like yeah how can i live more water consciously but I think if we can expect that water prices are going to go up, it's kind of like one of those where you're like, well, why wouldn't I start making changes in my lifestyle in terms of my mm-hmm. water consumption now versus when, you know, the price is going up yeah. a crazy percentage and then it's like I'm having to make urgent changes. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I'll I'll give you I'll give you some links um, that you can go to that give tips on tips on tips. But I think one I've been adapting in my own life. A year ago, I stopped eating beef, and for me, that was just like a that was I felt convicted in the sense of I I took this global water crisis class, mm-hmm. and they had shared this the statistic how it takes sixteen thousand liters of water to produce one kilogram of beef and it takes a fourth of that to produce chicken so that was like all I needed to hear and I'm like yeah wait so it was kind of that like by what I choose to eat I can live more water consciously and if you take the water footprint if you calculate your water footprint you'll see that some of your biggest if not your biggest water consumption probably your second is your diet the foods you eat Mm -hmm. um so that's like a really yeah that's been a cool one for me to try and to try and practice um but that's something yeah when you think about going to a restaurant choosing to eat chicken or pork um over over beef or things like that other other things for water conservation that you can do one grain collection um that's a huge one and how easy is it to just put a barrel on the corner of your house attach a hose and now you can water your garden and your plants and you're saving so much water and then it's also going back to the earth um you know so and it's gonna save you money it's gonna save you money and yeah one of our biggest kind of uses of water outside of the home is with our lawns and um, you know, that, sure. so that's a huge one. That's yeah, a big one right yeah. there. Yeah. I was going to say, I have a fun tip that kind of learned incidentally. It was Ooh. on purpose. So some friends of ours, they ha- were having a problem with their plumbing and so they couldn't let any water go down their sink mm-hmm. drain. So they got just a plastic tub, like from the dollar store mm-hmm. and put it in their sink so anytime they wash their hands or wash their dishes or mm-hmm. anything in their sink, all the water collected in this tub. And so they'd have to take it out every one or two days, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they would use it to water their plants outside. Mm-hmm. And their plants grew like crazy because <laughs> there was so much, so many nutrients yeah. in the water because yeah. it was mostly their food scraps and right, whatnot. Right. And so they were like, okay, maybe we'll just do this all the time. Oh, like, totally, you know, totally. and so there, I feel like there are so many little things you can do and it's not 
not just about saving water. Like, mm-hmm. even if you didn't care about that, again, like, yeah. the money piece or even just helping your plants grow more. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. I don't know. Totally. I thought that one was cool. That is, no, that is cool. And the one website I'll share with you, it has tons of like kind of kind of hacks like, like that, that um, where you, it really wouldn't be that hard to do, but you just don't think about like, oh, right. Wait, yeah, I feel like there are probably a lot of things we could do that we wouldn't even consider. Just one other I will mention for home users or mm-hmm. homeowners, that's what I'm saying. Yeah is yeah really looking at your appliances you may like not think that will make an effect but that's like what that is an incredibly huge effect using like low flow um you know faucets toilets shower heads things like that one super easy one I learned (laughs) with the shower okay Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe this was just me but when I turned my shower on and I was waiting for it to warm up or whatnot Mm -hmm. yeah I just had it on like I didn't have the shower head on I just had the lower faucet on so it'd be Uh... this huge flow that's like insanely wasting so much water versus if you turn your shower head on to let it warm up okay you're using like an crazy significantly less amount of water Ooh, so it's like that's just, that was a fun little one where I was like yeah. oh my gosh oh, I didn't even think about that yeah but, um so yeah I think for homeowners if if it is true that our water prices are going to start increasing yeah you will see for a homeowner probably the biggest savings in investing into new water conscious appliances yeah. and things now another easy one is doing dishes Typically, dishwashers actually save more water than washing um, with your hands, which obviously some people, like, they can't help that. They just don't have a dishwasher. Right. But um, but for those of us who do, we yeah. love hearing that. Yeah. Who wants to wash the dishes by hand? Exactly. This <laughs> one's a win-win right yeah. there. So. <laughs> That's great. Um, and even, I feel like, okay, so we rent right now, and so, yeah, we don't get to decide what dishwasher we get or what washing machine we get, yeah. but... We do, we can, we did change out our shower head mm-hmm. things. I don't know, maybe we yeah. weren't supposed to, but we totally did. And yeah, they have the eco-friendly ones even at Target. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you can, that's not hard to do. It was probably $30. Right, like, right. that's an easy one. And so I feel like there probably are a lot more for homeowners, but if you're listening and you're a renter, don't be like, oh, okay, I'll wait till I buy a home to do that. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. That's awesome. Are there any other fun hacks you want to share? I will say this, okay, Okay. because it does seem like people are, I don't know if it's trendy or if I'm just like, oh, it seems like a lot of people do this, like shopping at thrift stores and stuff. If you are into thrift stores, power to you, because I was talking about virtual water, um, the amount of water it takes to produce our clothes and products Mm. we use. That's like a super cool way to even be water conscious in the way you shop is Mm. by like, you know, by buying, reusing clothes and um, things like that. So that's a fun one that often when I go to like Goodwill, I'm like, this is a water conscious purchase right now. (laughs) I didn't know that. And I have heard fashion is one of the top five pollutants in Mm -hmm. the world. And I thought that was just for our air quality. I didn't know that affected water too. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's such everywhere. good knowledge. I know. These I are know. fun. Okay, how about while you were telling us these hacks, I was thinking, what about the little things we do here? Like, oh, turning off the faucet while you're brushing mm-hmm. your teeth or not flushing every time you go to the bathroom or just <laughs> yeah. like little things like that that you might think of. Do those actually make a difference? Are those actually important, do you think? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a huge difference, I think, when it's just you and your house. But yeah, are they important? I, I think I would ask, turn that around and, and would want whoever's listening to say, yeah, is that important to you? Like, do you want to live your life yeah. saying, hey, I am living water consciously or do you want it? Do you want to just live flippantly? You yeah. Know? And for me, that's been impactful and thinking, yeah, yeah I, the temptation is to think, OK, does turning off the sink when I brush my teeth? really have an influence right do you start asking those questions does this really matter and for me as I've gained more awareness of how the rest of the world is living how Mm -hmm. you know how the water crisis is affecting people I just it's hard you know that does something in my heart of like I don't want to live just kind of like selfishly Mm -hmm. in that way there are people that they, they don't even have a faucet to turn on, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's more of a, like, morally and, like, for my conscious, you know, like, I want to be a good steward 
of um, what the Lord's given me, whether right. that be resources. I want to be a steward of taking care of this earth and water is part of that. So, you know, I, I don't have statistics to throw at you of like the, the impact, but it makes a difference. And like we were yeah. talking about as you raise awareness. So, you know yep. what? I just shared about, yeah, I stopped eating beef. Okay, mm-hmm. well, then it was, like, two of my other friends around the same time, like, heard that. And then they stopped eating beef. So it's, mm-hmm. like, there's a multiplying impact. Um, mm-hmm. And as, you know, our friends come into our homes and see the way we're living, you know, you can have a, you can really have an impact, I think, on people. So I do think it matters. I think the, those little things really do add up. If not just for cutting your water bill, it, it really will make an impact. And, you know, I... I won't be surprised if there is a time for us, you know, in the next couple decades where mm-hmm. where we are really having to live under water constraints. Um, yeah. So putting these practices into play now, um, they, I think they really will have a long-term effect. Um, yeah. And even so, I mean, if you start crunching numbers, that's enough, you know. Yeah. The average, like, American uses around, like, 80 to 100 gallons of water per day. To put that into perspective, like, in Cape Town right now, they're under a limit of only being able to use 13 gallons per person. An average shower takes 18 gallons alone in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So it's like once you start putting numbers into play, so then you multiply that by like, okay, seven days a week and then a month and then a year. And it's like, yeah, you really start to feel the conviction of, oh, my gosh, these little things add up. You yeah, know? yeah so. for sure. Um, I feel like so, there are some people who probably – are are of the mindset that I want to leave the world a better place for my mm-hmm. kids and my grandkids. And then there are some people who could care less about that. Like yeah. that doesn't really compel them. So I, I love what you shared about how, you know, if those um, predictions from Michigan State, I think it was, yeah. right? Yeah. If those actually come true, that's in two years that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So even if you don't plan on having kids or whatever, this is still going to affect you, right? Yeah. So we should care about it. And I also think with that, it's not always a bad thing to let money be the motivator. I feel like mm-hmm. money in this sense could be accountability almost. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's really tempting to still live flippantly, so to yeah. say, so to speak, because it doesn't feel immediate. Yeah. But the money part is probably one of the most impactful things that mm-hmm. you would notice in your everyday life. It gets people to listen. It does get people to listen. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I don't think you should feel bad if you're like, ooh, okay, yeah, that really compelled me because I feel like that's really understandable. And, you know, even for us, our heat bills over winter were so expensive. I feel like so expensive for not Mm -hmm. a very big home that we live in. And I obviously care about energy conservation, like Mm -hmm. care about these topics. But once I saw the heat bill, I was like, dang it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so I took it down. I had it on 72. Now yeah. it's at 68 and I, it was really hard to adjust to for a while. <laughs> it's amazing how much of a difference four degrees can yeah. make, yeah. but that was my motivation. And yeah. I don't think I'm a bad person no. for that. I think oh, that was totally just not. what helped to open my eyes yeah. to that. So if, if that's what it takes, I'm all, I'm all for it. Right. You know? Yeah. And Hey, just, you know, fun, fun little hack there. Yeah. Energy takes water, right? Yeah. So even by living your life energy conscious, you're saving right. water. Yeah. So turn those lights off, you know, yeah. those kind of deals. Um, right. So and that's a fun I, one there, too. I thought of a question I had. Someone told me once about cold water versus hot water. Is mm-hmm. it better to use cold water whenever we can, or does that matter? Yeah, so my understanding is that it's better to use cold water because it uses less energy to heat the water then okay and then um, energy uses water yes exactly i'm telling you it, <laughs> okay. all, it all comes back <laughs> to okay so like obviously yeah. most people aren't gonna shower in cold water but whenever you can wash your clothes on cold mm-hmm. water do that yep. and yep. and whenever you can do your dishes in cold water yeah do that. yeah totally so if you could only pick one thing that you want listeners to walk away with today what would you say the thing that just comes to my head first is I think I just want people to and I'm speaking to myself here as well to seriously think about the way you live your life matters I think yeah we 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 a lot of our questions have been okay you may feel far removed from this And I just want people to start looking at their lives, start looking at what's already going on in the U.S., and to realize, actually, this is this 
this crisis is your crisis too. And I just, even if you just take time to to read of what that means more, yeah, would be a huge win. Right. Um, so I just, yeah, I think even if you, you know, even if you're not, you know, living in Africa where it's like, yeah, you, you know, aren't facing those challenges we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a huge win for people to realize like, oh, this is your crisis too. You're not actually removed. You will, we will feel effects from this, even in the United States, in your lifetime. And, and just that, yeah, the way you live your life matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, the Lord's given us this earth and has given us resources. And yeah, I want to be a good steward of those. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And even if you don't use any of the links we provide or any uh, do any further research or don't want to donate to any of the organizations, we just gave you at least five things that you could so easily implement. And yeah. even if you just started with one and mm-hmm. worked your way towards that, even if it was just you know, trying to reduce your beef consumption right. or reducing your clothing consumption yeah. or those kinds of things. Like, it will make a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I think we get caught up in it doesn't feel like we're making a difference. Mm-hmm. But if everybody in the U.S. even, or if everybody in the state that we're in right now decided mm-hmm. to live in a little bit more of a conscious water way, mm-hmm. it would have a huge impact. It really would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Okay. On to our fun questions. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Okay, what's some good advice you've gotten recently? A piece of advice that I received when I was in Uganda. So we we were working with this organization, and there was this kind of our client. His name was uh, Peter Luswata, and he so he's you know local Ugandan, and um, he he said to us, he said, guys, the world needs you more than you think, and that really like sunk in for me when we were actually over there seeing, oh my gosh, yeah, I can really have an impact. You know, I could really use my degree to have an impact. And just thinking about like, yeah, I do want to use use my time and, and um, yeah, steward my resources well and my opportunities well to, to have that impact. So mm, That's cool. How about a brand or a product that you're loving lately? Anything new does that this, you've been trying? Does this have to be, like, water-related? No. Not if you don't want it to be. Whatever you want. I mean, I love water, please. But, um, okay, so one thing to know me is to know that, yeah, I am definitely a coffee snob. Okay. okay. I took a class called Science of Coffee when I was a student at U of I. Oh. Really got the gears turning. So a brand of coffee that I just have been loving. I buy it for my friends, for gifts. I mean, this is like, if you love coffee, listen up. Okay. Um, so it's this place called Conscious Cup. You can go online. They have some of the best coffee I've ever had. It's fair trade. It's, or, you know, yes. organic. Yes. We're talking about living consciously. Yes. It covers all that. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of my life revolves around coffee. So okay. for me, that's been, that's been a hot... Okay, what's hot, it called? A hot purchase. Uh, the roastery is called Conscious Cup. Conscious Cup. Um, so, yeah, you can go online and order from there. And, okay. But, yeah, like I said, I've literally bought it for so many friends because I'm like... That's a perfect... That's such a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you know that I used to work at Starbucks? No, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So. And I'm, I'm not a coffee snob at all. Okay. I, I will say I only... I drink my coffee for the effects, not okay. for the flavor. <laughs> Luckily, I love it, but yeah. it's all for the effects, so okay. I can care less about the flavor. Okay. But... I'm all about buying fair trade still. There and we go. It, so it usually works out that the coffee that I buy is really good because yep. fair trade coffee is always really good. Yep, yep. They're going from like small local farms. Right. And yeah, where they're getting the, the funds. And yeah. so when I was in Guatemala last week, you know, I legit had the best. Co- I oh brought gosh. home the best coffee ever. Like we went. You brought home beans? Yeah, we went oh, to like, I did a coffee tour, went to a plantation and we like saw them roasting them and putting them in the bean. I mean, as fresh of coffee as you could get. So. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh. If you ever want to talk more about coffee, hit me okay, up. Okay, we'll do a whole nother podcast <laughs> about coffee. I love it. Okay. How about, have you listened to anything recently that you want to recommend to people? Like podcasts, TED Talk, documentary, anything like that? So, okay, so a little insight into my life. I've really 
you know, I'm recently graduated, and mm-hmm. I think I've just recognized, wow, I don't know enough about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so a podcast, shout out to Unchung Berkey, that she okay. recommended it to me. Okay. Um, it's called The Briefing. Have you heard of it? I've, is it an old man? <laughs> yes, I have heard of Al this. Okay. Or yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So he, um, it's like 20 minutes, Monday through Friday, and he'll just talk about hot topics yeah. going on in the world, world, world news, but through a Christian worldview. Okay. Um, so that's been like, I listen to that every day, and I've been loving that of just having more awareness of what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. um, because that was really lacking in my life um, prior to that. Yes, I am totally, I believe I'm subscribed to that podcast. Someone else told me about it. And it's funny because, especially during the election, I would try to tune in and I would try to pick up on what was going on. And it's funny because I did learn from it. I totally Mm -hmm. did. But I also was like, you even need background knowledge to understand this. Like, I need, I need like, a beginner's version of this one. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it at least gives you some good areas to, like, look up more. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah, that's good. I feel like he's very unbiased, I would say, too. Mm -hmm. Like, with the political ones, it's Mm -hmm. not like he is a Republican or a Democrat. He doesn't, or he maybe does identify as one, but he doesn't talk about his opinions. Right, right. Just facts. Yep, yep. So, that's a good recommendation. yeah. Um, okay. Well, you don't have social media anymore, so... I'm on I, Facebook, at least. Okay. <laughs> Good. I can okay. throw out the email at you. Or you can tell us your Instagram handle, and people can look at your profile picture, but you won't add them because you're not on Instagram anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I won't be worth following because I won't post yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, no, that's fine. Are there any other resources you would want to share with people since you're not online posting stuff all the time? Mm-hmm. Any other resources you would want people to know about? You know, if I... So I am on Facebook. Okay. You know, I, they still got so me there. So we can share that. If I were to post about something, it would probably... there. There's a good chance there would be some water related. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I were to share an article, it's yeah. a good chance it would be water related. Okay. So you can, you can follow me there. Yeah, or you can provide my email in the bio as well. If okay. If you are like, listen to this and we're like, wait, I just want to talk about this more yeah. or, or whatnot. But yeah. aside from that, I would say... I'll, I'll send you some links that I think will provide some really good tracks to just start, like, looking more into what this whole water crisis deals about. Yeah, I think that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Yeah. I, I learned so much. I told... I didn't say this while we were recording, but I said before we started, I don't really know about water, so I'm really <laughs> excited to learn. And I learned so much, so many practical things, mm-hmm. and also just, I think, global awareness. Mm-hmm. So thank I you for that. making it easy for us to understand and awesome. sharing all your knowledge. No, it's been great. I I love talking water, so you yes. had to shut me up at some point because <laughs> I could just keep going. So. No, this no, is amazing. It's been awesome. And yeah, you do love talking water. So if anybody wants to email you, we'll we'll put it out there. Hit me up. All yeah. right. Cool. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jess. Thanks. So did Jess just blow your mind or what? I told you you guys were gonna love that conversation. I especially loved what Jess had to share about how the issues surrounding water and access to clean water and poverty intersect with one another. That's something I'd honestly never thought about, but it's clear that if we want to eradicate poverty, not just overseas, but all over the world, that water is a key component in that. I also loved how she reminded us that water really is the backbone of so much of what we do. It's not just about what's coming out of our faucets or what we're drinking every day, but it's in how we shop and what companies we purchase from and how we drive our cars and how we use our energy in home and at work. I'm sure that sometime in elementary school I learned about this, but I really am glad that Jess brought it back around for us because I had kind of forgotten about that. I also loved how Jess spoke to those people who might feel like this problem is so far removed that it doesn't really affect them. I know a lot of people who aren't necessarily compelled by the thought of the world that they're leaving behind because they feel like they're not gonna ever feel these effects in their lifetime. But Jess really proved that one wrong, but I loved that. I honestly didn't think we would be feeling effects in our wallet and in our grocery stores as quickly as we apparently will be. Isn't that crazy? That one had me a little bit stressed out. 
but the tips that she shared and all the hacks for water conscious living I thought were amazing. We could have we could have kept talking about those all day. I thought the advice that Jess shared that she heard when she was overseas was super moving. I love that someone from another country who is in dire need of help shared that with her. I thought that was so sweet and I th I think he's right about Jess and I think that applies to all of us. I hope that you I hope that you learned a lot through this episode and I hope that you feel ready to share with others and make sure they're aware of all the issues surrounding water in our world. And I really hope that you feel equipped and empowered to live more water consciously. If you liked what you heard on this episode, I would love it if you would subscribe to my podcast. That's definitely the easiest way to make sure you're getting podcasts as soon as they're releasing on Thursdays. And it's really helpful to me too. While you're over there, you might also think about leaving a review if you feel so inclined. Make sure you keep an eye out for my second episode releasing next Thursday. And until then, you should definitely go calculate your water footprint because I did and it's pretty shocking. And you should also check out the coffee company that Jess recommended at the end. I already did my research on them and I am a big fan. So thanks for learning with me today. I hope that you feel ready to go change the world and to live more water consciously. Peace out.